You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and uh, welcome to America's Web Radio. And uh, this is the agent in charge, and we have the agent with us today. And and, uh, I'm sure he's in charge. He's always in charge of something. uh, Good morning. Good morning. Sandy, how are you doing? I'm doing good today. It's a beautiful day here in Texas. I think it's supposed to get up to 80 degrees and sun shining, and, and uh, it almost feels like I'm living in Florida. Wow. It's <laughs> just hard. So, well, you got the beaches there on the East Coast uh, over on uh, Port Aransas in that area, and um, you got some nice beaches in Texas. Actually, you know, as long as I lived in Texas, I never went to the beach in Texas. When I moved over here, I started uh, going to Hilton Head. Yeah. The unique thing about the beaches here in Texas, you can actually take your car. Most of the beaches drive up and down. You know, you're not restricted to a parking area. Like, you have, I remember all the beaches out there in Georgia, you know, you have to park in a parking area and then walk over to the beach. Yep. I mean, here you can actually back your pickup truck up there with all the beer and fishing stuff and swim oh, wow. and stuff, and you can just have a blast. You know, that's uh, one thing, and and I like the hard sand of a beach as compared to the sugar sand, you know, that you wade down into your ankles or knees in. Because I love my, in fact, I think one of, well, my second favorite thing in the world to do is uh, ride bicycles on the beach. And uh, I I can go for hours on end. So one of these days I'll I'll have to get to the Texas beach after living in Texas all my life or or the first uh, <laughs> the first thirty uh, percent of it anyway. So we've got yeah, a very or you've got a very interesting subject today, and we've got uh, Maggie Oswell is, will be joining us as well on the on the line. But you want to get started with that, uh, Sandy? You bet. Uh, this, today we're going to kind of take a little departure. I mean, I. I I don't want the. Uh, I keep trying to. You know, we. One of the things that we uh, talk about a lot on this show is, is preparation for uh, things that go wrong in life. And as Maggie and I can tell you, you know, Maggie and I spent a number of years working for the Department of Homeland Security, and prior to that, with the U.S. Customs Service, which was, was under the Treasury and, and the law enforcement uh, capacity, I guess you'd say. And uh, and what we always, you know, the the well, the important things that. The, the, the main thing that would make you successful in our line of work was having a plan and, and having uh, and having options, you know. And so, but we're not going to talk about that today because there's I know there's a lot going on politically, and uh, it just uh, just a real quick you know overcap if you haven't watched the news. Big news here right now is that Texas uh, uh, Ken Paxton is that right, Maggie, our, our Attorney General? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, has filed a lawsuit uh, that's supposed that will go to the Supreme Court against all these these swing states, uh, claiming that what they did was unconstitutional as far as the way they have uh, uh, obtained their their electoral votes, and they're saying that it's, it basically it dilutes uh, the Texas vote because what we did here was constitutional. We had a real election, and so it's interesting. This is uh, I know people have I've argued with people and attorneys and, and friends of mine that that are real sharp, and they said there's no way this case is going to go to the Supreme Court. Well, guess what? It's going to the Supreme Court. Now, it's it's not really uh, – they haven't – I don't know if they have uh, accepted the case yet, 
but I, you, you know they are. It's just too important of a case for them not to. They don't want to, but they don't, they're not going to have an option now to, uh, to not get involved in this election. And so, so what am I missing that, Maggie? Is there anything that, that, that I've left out there as far as what's going on? Uh, no, I think it was that they said that they passed laws uh, prior to the election that were unconstitutional, allowing people who were... You know, for example, felons in most cases, while they're still on probation, depending state by state, are ineligible to vote. And I know, right. you know, New, New York let everybody out of prison because of COVID and said they were going to restore their rights. But um, depending on what New York's current law was, unless that was changed by their legislature, um, those votes would have been illegal. So, um, right. You know, and I think there's there's issues in other the because part of the federal election laws state that the election officials have to maintain care and custody of all ballots, and if you're just doing a a just a broadcast mail out ballots to everybody in the world that you don't know for sure if they're on the uh, you know if they're currently registered to vote if they're registered to vote at the correct address then or you're still not alive. <laughs> yeah really or you're still, still alive, alive. <laughs> then, yeah. then then you violated the federal election laws which is you haven't maintained care and custody of each and every ballot so that will be interesting right. to see what happens you know hey, yesterday on a, yesterday on a program i challenged any person out there listening now or in the future that would like to come and debate debate me about photo IDs, come ahead, because I'll take you on any time, day or night, and prove to you that you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, you want to put an end to all of this right quick? Photo ID, that's it. End of statement. Absolutely. Just have a, have a, everybody needs a voter card, a specific, that that, that will give the... Uh, you know, this is the one time the federal government needs to have a commonality and take step up and be in charge of, of the counting of these votes. And really, we, we've hit that point now, and there's no reason that we can't with our technology. Uh, cannot, I mean, there's no reason for us to not be able to have uh, a means to uh, to give a, a affirmative count on, a, on an election. I mean, it's that, you know, it's that, it's not going to say it's that simple, but it's that important. And so, but yeah, the, the, it, but the thing to remember about what's going on with this uh, this lawsuit, Texas is not seeking to overturn the election results. They're saying that the way they were derived was unconstitutional, and what they want is the state legislature to come in and determine who gets the electoral votes, and not the, uh, the electoral college people they already have in place. And so, if they in these swing states, my understanding is that the majority of the state legislature people are Republican. And which would be really, you know, would be difficult for them. It would be almost unheard of for them to uh, put a Democrat in the in the, uh, in the White House or to vote for a Democrat. But we'll see. I mean, we've all seen crazy things happen, you know. And so who knows? I mean, as we know, also these Republicans are famous for caving in under any type of pressure. And so uh, we'll have to see how they actually. Uh, what they do or don't do with this. Well, and, and so, you have to remember, President Trump came in saying he was going to drain the swamp. And, you know, that does, that's not just necessarily aimed at the Democrats. That's aimed at, the, you know, there are some Republicans who are Republicans in name only uh, that need right. to be swamped out, too. So it'll be fun to see. Without a doubt. 
Yeah, and, and I, this is the last political thing I'll say is that uh, we really have we do we see now why Thomas Jefferson wanted to you know they, they, he wanted to put term limits on on uh, elected positions back when they first founded the country, and uh, and we've obviously we've seen over the last fifty to hundred years why that's so important because these folks when they get up there as we talked about before they they go in just like a common person more most of the time but they come out you know filthy rich and uh and they love the power and uh and the power you know ultimate power corrupts and it really is i mean we need fresh ideas and fresh people up there and uh so uh that said let's move on to uh unless you guys have any more comments that you want to toss in there before we move on mm, no, no i'm pretty much burned out on politics for a while myself i'm just <laughs> tired of listening Which to is- it <laughs> Which is why we're doing this today. But I, I know what you're saying. We're tired of politics. We're tired of worrying. So, well, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, go ahead. You know, you can't. You don't. You don't get the truth at all on the mainstream media. I mean, it's all just it, it, they haven't stepped down from uh, election night where they predicted Biden won, even though none of the you know not all the ballots had been counted. And so you have to go online. I mean, I get most of my information on American politics from Sky News Australia because they don't care. They tell it like it is. And so that's a real fun one. It's They broadcast on YouTube, People Sky News Australia, if you want to know what's really going on in the United States. Well, nice, yeah. So and I, I made a comment <laughs> last uh, a few days ago that, you know, I know that the RT news is it's Russian today. Russia today. I know that it's a state-owned news agency, but you really do. And I hate to say this, you get more straight news from those guys than you do any of the networks now, except for What American News and, and uh, News Max. I've been watching them. But yeah, I'll, I'll try that Sky News. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a. Oh yeah, I, I mean yet. they don't they don't pull any punches, so it's 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 fun to watch. Right. It, it, okay. It's just straight. It, go ahead. All right, so let's talk about. Ready? So, so let's talk about the paranormal because there's so much of this out there today, and uh, there's so much discussion. And you know, unexplained events, uh, you know, have been going on uh, since man has been able to write. Obviously, but there's a lot of this written as uh, far as uh, paranormal events take place. But now, you know, we live in in a day and age where. Where technology has captured, uh, you know, uh, video and audio, some really astounding things that that uh, and events that uh, have led us to believe that there's probably more to this universe than just us. You know, there's there's something out there that, and, and I think we can all agree, you know, just the uh, the uh, the nature of physics in itself. I mean, why in this? Why? Okay, so if, if there is no plan or a supreme being or something in charge of all this that's making everything work, why do why do we have laws laws of physics that actually work and they're consistent across the board all the time? And so this is you know, we're gonna look at this from both a spiritual and from a uh, from a scientific viewpoint and just kind of bounce this back and forth and, and I know Dave has some really good stories where he and I discussed uh, a few days ago things that have happened to him and I have a couple that are pretty interesting to me that I used to not be a believer in the uh, paranormal and and, uh, and I won't say I'm a hundred percent believer right now but I've seen some things that I can't I can't explain and uh, but it's you know it's, it's a but it's a, it's a subject everybody's talking about and as a matter of fact you know on uh, on uh, the History Channel, not the History Channel, it's called uh, the Travel Channel, 
that's all they have now. That's all they have are these paranormal shows. And so, how much of that is fact and fiction? I mean, it's uh, you know that's up that's up for debate. But the interesting thing is that you know science, you know, tries to dismiss pretty much anything as far as the, the paranormal goes. But at the same time, inadvertently, they prove that the paranormal does exist. Okay, and then and do so. We're going to kind of cover some of that here today. And uh, so I'll just start out, you know, and I'll throw this out there. Uh, you know, physics is one of my favorite subjects. I, it's just it's, it's where math and, and chemistry and, and everything comes together. And I was fortunate in high school and in college to have uh, good instruction. And uh, so, but the, uh, the of course, the, the, the basic principle of physics when it comes to mass, and this is by Antoine Lobachier. He, he, he wrote this and, and came up with this theory in 1875, is that, Matter is neither created nor destroyed, okay? But you can alter, you can change its composition, what it is. And so, so that said, I mean, so and basically what he's saying, and, 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 and then science today still has no term, they have changed that, is that everything is eternal, okay? Everything is eternal. In other words, so if you can't create or destroy it, it's there from now on. And I, in my personal opinion, this goes on not only... Uh, with physical matter, it goes on with the energy. And then the second law of conversa- the law, law of conservation of energy states, that energy, not, not matter, energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And so the energy that makes us as human beings do what we do, get up, walk around, perceive, and think and do, you know, that's just, it's the same thing. It, it cannot be created or destroyed, so in order to, it's it is is it is infinite as well. So let me toss it out there. So Maggie, what do you think about all this? Well, I mean, I have to go along with you. Although uh, physics was not one of my favorite subjects, however, uh, <laughs> I, I my physics teacher liked me because I tried really hard and I went to all the labs and I flunked all my tests. But anyway. Um, yeah, the energy part is what gets me is, okay, you, you, you have uh, sentient humans, and if they die, what happens to the energy, the, their, their thoughts, their fears, their dreams? It, it, I don't think it dies with you. I think it goes out, back out into the atmosphere. Um, right. I think, uh, you know, they had this big, big to do, gosh, it's been probably 30 years ago about the, you know, the collective subconscious that we're all, um, that, that, that all these subconscious thoughts and everything don't disappear. They're all gathered together someplace out in the atmosphere or stratosphere or someplace. And, and that's why people, like when you know when civilization was developing, how people developed the same similar uh, articles at the approximately the same time, where there was no communication, there was no internet, there was no TV, there was no radio, and how civilization um, uh, evolved uh, in, in these just dis- you know different areas, and and I, I truly do believe that I I I I, I kind of believe. Oh, but, uh, that's crazy. Um, I, I've had a couple experiences that I can only attribute to uh, ESP, um, although I don't think I'm a psychic or anything. I just, you know, just funny little things that happen that, that there's no explanation for, which is 
the definition of paranormal. So there you go. Um, well, say so yeah. yeah. We'll uh. So and, and, and so you know, and we'll get into this here in just a few minutes talking about the uh, the the, uh, the different in science. You know, mostly uh, these physicists they agree now, and they they theorize that that you know the universe is multidimensional, and, and most of them you know, will uh, they'll, they'll say that there are it, rather than the, uh, the the four dimensions that we uh, sense here on Earth, which I'll get into here in just a minute. There's up up to ten different dimensions, and then as you get into the fifth and sixth dimensions of of, uh, of cognizance of of uh, your ability to think, then you get into where you can see where there's possibly other worlds and also time travel, which I think in a lot of cases is going to explain what we talk when we talk about UFOs. What is a UFO, and uh, and how can a person travel back and forth you know, between different dimensions of existence? And and, and like I say, I, I always throw out the the greatest uh, you know dimension traveler of all time but the most recorded was jesus christ i mean whether you believe in him or not i mean it's do- well documented in several books of the bible that uh after he died and uh, he came back and uh and uh, he there was in other words his his energy went beyond the grave and then not only did he go did he come back to this dimension he would cross back and forth between the other dimensions of existence and and uh, one being hell where he went down and, and uh, at one point and uh, it showed uh, the people this, uh, that he is who he says he is and that and well, exactly what he was sent to do had, t- had taken place. And uh, But, like, he would just uh, appear. I mean, he, it wasn't like there were some lightning strikes and all that stuff. Just all of a sudden there would be a room full of his, his followers, the disciples, if you want to call them that, and he would just mysteriously appear and just as fast as he would be gone. And uh, so... You know, so that's what I'm saying. So there's, uh, if, if you if you are a religious person or a Christian, I mean, every 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 religion kind of has its own uh, uh, theory on this and its own history of, of their different people that traveled back and forth between life and death. And so, uh, so you know, so do I, do I do I believe in life after death? I mean, it's just kind of like how can you not believe them? In, Life after death, because uh, and maybe it's not in, in what we think it is, but uh, but you know the uh, the ways that that we're seeing and, and now that we do uh, technology can uh, record a lot of these things that the phenomena that's going on makes it much more plausible. And I'm just going to throw this out just so you can just you know, this is this I picked up off the internet today and I read this and I thought this is pretty interesting and it's probably very true is that there's ten characteristics. Talk about the near death experiences that, that people have, where you know when when uh, when they were clinically dead or you know uh, had drowned, were resuscitated. You know we've all heard these, but I'm just going to go through these real quick, and uh, I'm just going to read them off. Uh, number one, when when they know where they left their body, this is what the most ten common. Not everybody experiences the same thing, but these are the most ten common uh, traits of what they experience: a feeling of overwhelming love. Mental telepathy that you're talking about, Maggie. They uh, get mm-hmm. a life review, and it, but I found this be interesting. Most people, when when they have a near death experience, they don't go back to relive their life from birth to now. They it just all goes backwards. I didn't realize that. And so, in other words, from the time that they die, they get their their body that they're, they're in front of them, uh, their cognizance, the uh, their uh, uh, life plays backwards, and so and uh, and then now. Let me see. This I thought this was interesting. You know, God. It's one form of fashion. They, uh, you know, they they 
experience a person or a being that could be described as God. And interesting, 75% of people who consider themselves atheists reported see these same divine figures, angels, uh, you know, uh, non-human creatures, creatures of light, okay? And mm-hmm. so tremendous, ex- tremendous ecstasy, unlimited knowledge, afterlife levels, uh, and then they're shown the future, what, what's going to happen, and then, then a lot of them you know, experienced a tunnel. And so, so anyway, so I just I want to throw those out. And uh, so now I want to ask Dave, because the reason we got onto this, and uh, two different things, is that we lost a real good friend of ours this last week to cancer, James Roy Ritchie. And, and Jay Roy, as we call him, and I used to discuss uh, these uh, phenomena and different things about the universe quite a bit. And, uh, and so it was always a topic. And actually, we, he finally succumbed to a battle with cancer that had been going on for quite some time. And, and uh, and he and I made a pact. You know, this wasn't that long ago. With uh, we, you know, the, the, our neither one of our futures were certain as to how long we'd live. And that we said that, hey, well, whoever whoever dies first, you know, when you get to the other side, you know, try to send a, a sign back to the other one, and uh, to, to, to show that there is life on the other side, but it can't be too scary. <laughs> <laughs> don't, scare the, don't, don't scare the hell out of me, you know. So anyway, I have a, the, the, the interesting thing is that the day that uh, J. Roy died, it's kind of funny on my phone, uh, he lived on a, on, a, on a ranch we call the old Sutton Place. And, uh, and I have a, a, a photo uh, of him in his easy chair where he spent lots and lots of his time out there at the ranch where we would be having a beer and, and watching football games. And, and so uh, and he lived there by himself. And, uh, and, uh, so as, as I'm, my wife and I were driving some, check some cattle on this last weekend, and after the day that he died, the day that he died, and, uh, all of a sudden my phone, it, a call came from the ranch, and, uh, it was his picture, and I thought, well, he's actually calling me now. And, uh, it turned out to be his son, Ash, who sounds like him, but there for a second I thought maybe I had my side on the other side. But, uh, so anyway, that said, um, so, so Dave, tell us. I mean, so I know you told me uh, a couple of stories not too long ago about things that happened to you that were unexplainable. So, tell us, just you know, kind of you know, give us a, a, a cap on what, what's been going on in your house. Well, you know, before I, I get into that, I want to quickly uh, mention something else. One, one, you know, you mentioned the fact of of Christ coming back, and and one of the things that I I would have thought maybe you would have said was you know there was doubting tom and like you said uh, christ right. coming back at, at whatever dimension it was it was still in a human form because he said here put your hand in where they speared me or whatever you know and uh, oh that's right yeah and uh so the other thing that i i found in what you were talking about sandy that i find very interesting is that um and I, I don't know if Maggie knows, but I think I've told you, uh, Sandy, that uh, we have Deiru, who is a kung fu master, and when and right. he leads us in meditation every Friday, and and then he talks about it, and he talks about the different levels of the universe, just exactly what you were saying a, a few minutes ago. That interesting, we, yeah. We're in one place, but you know, we could go to another or another or another. Just uh, there are different levels, and through meditation, you can get there and back and forth. 
So, with that right. being said, I, I don't have anything that's really that exciting, but I, I bought a house. I was under stress and uh, circumstances, uh, personal circumstances, about four years ago, and uh, bought a, a different house that uh, had been the uh, home of an elderly lady that she didn't i misunderstood at first i thought she died in the home but she didn't she died in the hospital away from the home but uh yeah oh i i want to back up a second uh i was an emt in in lubbock and uh i you know picked up live people and and people that were on their way out and uh i had one instance and if if you've ever been around death at all and primarily for most folks it's in the hospital but it doesn't have to be like uh, I was with my sister uh, a couple well a month ago when she died but I tell you I had one experience where we had brought a brought a lady in that was it had a heart attack and uh, we seldom ever as EMTs would would uh, transport past the emergency room but the hospital was just this was now this was many many years ago before covid or anything else but anyway they asked us to go ahead and take her up to the room they had been monitoring and knew you know knew her vitals and all that so we took her up to where she was going to be staying for a while in the cardiac side of the hospital and uh we had just gotten her off of our gurney and onto the bed, and uh, a doctor was in there with us, and uh, she died just that quick. And uh, it was, a, I, I had been around death before. I'd been around uh, where people had been injured and so forth and so on. But this was just, I mean, really strange. And if you've been around somebody that dies, and we've heard this all of our life, the last breath. And that is, that couldn't be a truer statement. When a person takes their last breath, and Maggie, you were talking about this, where does our Holy Spirit go, or where does our spirit go, or whatever you want to call it? But this lady died. I was there when she took her last breath. Um, She had a living will. They didn't want to try to resuscitate her or anything like that so within seconds i felt something over my left shoulder and i'd never experienced it before and quite honestly i've never experienced it again but i just knew that this lady's something was above me and over my left shoulder and um it wound up the service that I worked for. We uh, we weren't all we weren't just emergency. We were also transport and worked for the funeral homes. And so, <clears throat> a couple of hours later, when they had prepped her, well, we picked her up and, and took her to the funeral home. But and there was no feeling whatsoever. It was just one more job to do. But the instant of her death was I'd never experienced it before, and. You know, between life and death, there, there is such an incredible finality. And, uh, you know, even like uh, even recently with my sister, being in the room with her, and I jumped up as, as quickly as I could, but I didn't feel that 
that emptiness, uh, you know, or whatever you want to call it, the spirit movie. So that's one thing. The other thing was I bought this lady's house, and she had not died in the house. She had died in a hospital. And uh, I, I can't say I'm really a big believer in ghosts or whatever, but I don't rule it out by any stretch. And uh, so <laughs> after I had moved in, some... And like I said, I was going through some personal problems, uh, relationship and so forth. But uh, uh, I woke up one day and I was uh, changing. Being the good Texan, I always wear Levi's, but I was changing pockets in my Levi's, okay? And uh, my money clip was gone. And I thought, you know, this is strange. Where would, you know, did it drop out of my pocket as I, or pants as I was changing pants or whatever and I I and it and it had a large amount of money in it I think $12 or something like that and uh, so I tore the house it was the, the 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 money clip was more important than the money obviously but uh, I tore that house up and I kept tearing it up and uh, there was a, a or still is a uh, nightstand on the other side of the bed from where I sleep and uh, so this was weeks later and I told people you know I don't know what's happening you know I I looked everywhere under the bed here there places that it couldn't possibly be you know and uh, every night on this nightstand that's where my charger is for my cell phone so every night I'm at that nightstand plugging my telephone in. And, you know, I had done it, I don't know how many nights between when my money clip was missing and and uh, all of a sudden, I it wasn't a night, it was during the day or in the morning, actually. And uh, I looked over and it's a silver money clip and uh, it's just a little flash of light hit it or something and I went over there and there was my money clip and uh, was, the, was, the money, was, the, was the money still under the clip? Yep, all, the whole $12 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the last of the big spenders obviously but um, you know well, that, I, that, I have that, no that idea no girlfriend uh, or, or, or uh, that, that rules out a, uh, a dead ex-girlfriend yeah <laughs> Uh, well, you know, and and the other thing is, I have a pretty pretty good alarm system, you know, and uh, motion detectors and all of this kind of stuff, and nothing had happened. So, uh, another one, I had, well, I'd, I've had you know like three or four, but they, thank goodness they've stopped because I was sort of beginning to wonder if I, you know, if I had all my shekels together in my head or whatever. But you know, I had a. <laughs> I had a uh, my shower redone when I bought the house, and uh, I have a Texas Tech mug that I drink all of my water out of, and iced tea or whatever the beverage might be. And uh, I woke up one morning, and I'd always put it behind my coffee pot down in the in the kitchen, uh, so it'd get washed and make sure it had been rinsed and stuff. And I went down to get it. And it was not there. And I'd done this for, you know, at this point, it had been about, I don't know, six or eight months. 
and it wasn't there. And I could not, you know, what not. And I'm getting old, and so I figure it's just some memory loss or something like that that I couldn't remember what I'd done with it or where it was the last time. And again, just like with the money clip, I kept looking for it and looking for it and uh, couldn't find it any place. No dish, one in the dishwasher, one in the, you know, so forth and so on. To make a long story short, <clears throat> I was, uh, I'd had my shower remodeled and uh, there was, in the corner was a soap dish that when they redid the shower, they put it in, in the, in the corner and stuff. And, uh, one morning, I was just at my lavatory and uh, looked over, and there was the mug sitting on the on the soap dish in the shower. And yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, I don't take my car or my Texas Tech mug to the shower to drink out of, you know, and I. You know, that well, just, about so 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 uh, about that time that happened, had somebody in your life passed away or died, or was it, was that was that about what 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 was going on in your life about time all that happened? Oh, just going through a divorce and uh, stuff, you know, but not not any no deaths or anything like that. Uh, you know, it just. Uh, well, I had an experience uh, uh, similar to what uh, you talked about with your patient in the hospital. Um, this been, oh gosh, let's see, probably eight or nine years ago. But uh, one of our supervisors in our San Angelo office, uh, daughter at 11 years old, was diagnosed with uh, inoperable brain cancer. And uh, it, you know who it is, uh Sandy, it was Roy Fibash. And his little, yeah, his little girl Cheyenne, I knew her since she was a baby and, and when I'd work up in you know, in in San Angelo, uh, Donna would bring the kids by to see their dad, you know, and I'd talk to them. They're they're nice kids. Uh, uh his one of his sons is actually on President Trump's uh, protection detail with the Secret Service. But anyway, so, you know, it was a horrible blow. Cheyenne was probably 10 years younger than um, than her uh, two, two brothers and sisters. And, and so she was a little, you know, I'm not going to say spoiled, but she was treasured. And when this hit them, uh, they found out about this, uh, uh, it was just devastating. Um, and so, you know, I kept in touch with her. He had a page on Caring Bridge and... We'd post little messages to Cheyenne and to them, and and uh, a quilting group that I belonged to made a quilt for her. And anyway, and so we keep in touch and find out how she's doing, and she's you know gradually going downhill and stuff. Anyway, one night I was asleep and 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 uh, I just woke up and I was crying, and and it wasn't have anything to do with the dream I was having or anything. I don't know what it was, but I was crying. And all of a sudden, there was this, like, golden light in the room. Uh, it's the only way I can explain it. And this little voice says, don't be sad. It's okay. I'm all right. Mm. And I thought, well, that's right. kind of weird. I went back to sleep. And then the next morning, I mean, every morning I used to get on Caring Bridge and check to see how Cheyenne was doing. And this one morning, I just couldn't do it. I just, I, I didn't want to know. I figured if I don't look... Um, 
everything will be fine. And then about 3 in the afternoon, I got an email from uh, from Mike Valva, the, the rack there in the office, who said, uh, Roy and Don have asked us to pass on that Cheyenne passed away at 1.07 this morning. And that was the time wow. I woke yeah. up crying. <laughs> and um, really? I never wow. told, yeah, I, I never really uh, uh, told this to anybody because they're going to think, oh, yeah, she's a fruitcake, but... Um, but you know, it, we would it, never it, think that about you, Maggie. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> but anyway, and then the other crazy thing that happened: my dad died of cancer, and uh, he was fortunate enough where uh, he died at home with my stepmother taking care of him. They had hospice there, and they were doing everything they could to keep him, you know, comfortable and everything. But Daddy traveled all over the all over the world. He was a civil engineer, and he worked foreign jobs all over the place. I mean, he had just an incredible life. But he had this little wind-up alarm clock that he always took with him, and um, uh, he just you know that was it. That always went in his carry-on bag with him and everything else. And uh, uh, when the hospice nurse said to my stepmother, "Okay, I'm sorry, John's passed." She looked at the clock, and she said, okay, you know, it's going to be the time of death is 4.57. And that clock had stopped and never worked again at 4.57. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was uh, like, yeah. it was like you know, your time, time's up, which we always thought was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> right, right. So, oh, well, yeah, and I say it's just these things you know, happened, and uh, I'm sure you're both familiar with, uh, and this was kind of different, I mean, we're talking about good spirits, and Cheyenne was just the sweetest kid, and, oh, uh, you know, and, and, and we're talking talking about, you know, talking about our friend Jay Warren, I haven't had any, I haven't had any after-death contact with him yet, uh, with a good spirit. Oh, but so I bet you people. will. <laughs> if I know Jay Roy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <clears throat> if there's a way, spirit, there's a Jay Roy. Oh, yeah. maybe a Maybe a beer truck will wreck right in front of you or something, and you can load up your brand-new diesel truck before the cops get there. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so, it, you know, and I'll just yeah, talk to a couple of, you know, there's, I've had several different unexplainable things, and this really started happening to me until I guess I was, you know, not as a kid, but as I got older, uh, after I was, you know, uh, went to college, and then, but the two of the, uh, two of the uh, most... Uh, prolific things I saw that makes me think that there has to be something beyond what we see uh, with our physical eyes is that when I first started as an agent with customs and we were all with the Silver and Treasury Department I was uh, assigned up to uh, Baltimore and in Baltimore uh, our office was in the old uh, U.S. Customs House which is down by the uh, Chesapeake Bay and it's downtown Baltimore it's a really historic building it was originally built in 1854 and that's where Abraham Lincoln lay in state after he was assassinated. And then uh, oh. it burned. Yeah, but it, it burned as, shortly after that. And it was it, the, uh, the 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 same walls and structure was there, but the interior burned in it. And so they rebuilt it. And uh, and so that's where I was uh, my first a little over two years as an agent. And uh, but one night I was preparing for a trial. And uh, but to work late, and uh, it, it, it's, it's really a beautiful building. It's, there's, it's where the uh, the old uh, ship's captains would come in with their manifest when they would when they would land in the U.S. and, and they would yeah, make entry. Exactly, and uh, 
so it had these real high ceilings, uh, marble floors, marble stairs, and uh, there, there's only there's only four stories to this building. And so we were on the third floor, and our chief counsel was up on the uh, fourth floor. Below me, there was a, there were various other agencies, including U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, I used to work for. Then, of course, uh, the first floor was where all of our uh, our admin people with uh, customs were, and uh, both uniformed and and uh, and the also investigations were there. And uh, so one night, so anyway, so I was as I was leaving, and I had on my suit. I've been down to the courthouse, uh, federal courthouse. You work with attorneys, getting ready for a trial. And as I was leaving, it was about nine o'clock at night, and uh, there's these big glass doors, and you'd have to stop and punch in your code, and then you would the door would open, and you step through, and you make sure it's shut, and you put your code back in so it would reset the alarm. And uh, so as I walked around, walked down to my hallway, it's kind of a big L-shaped hallway, and, and uh, took the turn to the right, went down there, was punching in my code. I listened, I heard some footsteps coming down the hallway. And I mean, and, and it sound like leather sold shoes, and so and it sounded like a woman in, in some type of a heel, you know, like you, know, like you hear uh, people walk, you know, kind of the shorter steps. And so I heard these steps coming down the hallway, and I looked up, and they kept coming, and then they turned the corner, and they came up to me, and then they just stopped. Also, they stopped, and I just felt kind of like this cold, cool breeze just blow across my face. <laughs> so that, and the thing is, I wasn't scared. It didn't scare me, but I thought, you know, that was odd. And so, uh, for the next day, I uh, got with the uh, maintenance people and I asked them, I said, is there any way I could have heard somebody on the, the fourth floor above me? And they said, no. I said, those floors up there are almost four feet thick. I said, there's no way you could hear anybody walking up there. And so, uh, Sharon Wilson was our, what were they called, Maggie, our, our main, uh, uh, business lady, what do they call them? Uh, oh, you the know them, MPO. M- MPO, yes. Right, right. Yeah. So Sherry Wilson had been here forever. And so I was telling her that story, and she just laughed. She goes, oh, she goes, uh, that's, we, we, we call her the lady because, uh, she, she really likes all these, uh, young guys that come here. And she has to check you out with you. And I was new there. <laughs> so, so we, we kind of laughed. Well, you know, fast forward a little over two and a half years later, I'm getting ready to move down to Del Rio, and it's my last day in the office, and uh, got, I have a, a box of books and things in my arms, and uh, I'm walking down the hallway, Sharon's office was right next to mine, and uh, so I stopped and talked to her, and uh, but she was asking, just, you know, okay, what time are you going to leave? We want all us to be able to say goodbye, and so by that time, those same footsteps came down the hallway and circled me like three different times and then just disappeared and Sharon and I are looking at her and she just Sharon slams the door and she goes will you please leave and go to Texas anyway so yeah so I had a witness there and so after the, we were laughing afterwards she goes man she goes that was a weird feeling so anyway well, so, so that's, she, you know, that's so my so she heard them too Sharon heard them too heard the footsteps yeah yeah oh wow yeah, so she shut the door. So that's what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, there's uh, all these unexplained things. And so, and, you know, and, and, it's, and, it's, and when you talk to people, I mean, I don't think one rule, because there's, I know we, we talked about the 10 things that people go through most common in a uh, in a near-death experience. And, and, of course, a lot of them, you know, they're, they're told when they get to the other side that, you know, you're not ready to come back and you're not ready to come here yet because there's still things for you to do they'll send them back but but the one thing that that's almost 100 percent in every person that has these experiences is they say it changes their life forever 
And because uh, oh. they, they say that they say it's so real, I said no. They said, it's not. It's not a dying brain having a chemical reaction. They said no. This was the real deal. And so, go ahead, Matt. You're going to say something. No, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with you whatsoever. It would have to change your life. I mean, uh, just yeah. Uh, I don't even have words to. But yeah, that would definitely <laughs> have to. Uh, that's you know, that's like being in a car accident that. Or, or an almost car accident where you know you could have been killed or something, and then the, just something there saves you because it's right. not your time. Although I do have to say, my my husband before he 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 came down with dementia had a he he never liked to fly any place, and I'm like, well, why? And he says, well, I don't want to be on the plane if it's the pilot's time to go. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, that's kind of a, you know, like, yeah, that, you know, everybody, when you're born, there's a, there's a time for you to go and, and, um, you know, you can try and do all these things to change it or, or, or prolong it or something. But I truly believe when it's your time, it's your time. And that was him. He says, yeah, I don't want to be on the plane if it's the pilot's time. So, Needless to say, we drove every place, which was horrendous. But anyway, <laughs> you know, there was a, well, you know, there was a doctor on uh, Fox. Not now. This was uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. But uh, she had had a after life or after death experience, in that um, I can't remember if she was in a bad car wreck or something. But <clears throat> I do remember that uh, she. Uh, was in a state of she was frozen basically she had gotten into the water and it was freezing and and she had basically frozen but as a doctor she was still i don't cognizant of sorts but had an afterlife experience and described it you know or after death experience i'm sorry but you know described it in detail and then how she came back and uh, she, you know, said it was due to the few minutes that she was actually frozen, you know. And it was uh, she described things in detail. And I can't remember her name. It's been too long ago. But I, doctor died and came back to life. I'm sure you could Google and find her because it's, it's, she's written a book about it and a number of things. We know the the Apostle Paul uh, said something very similar. What you just said, Dave, that uh, he was, uh, you know, he was stoned. And I have to go back. I just can't remember the scripture off the top of my head. I used to remember that stuff. I can't anymore. But uh, he was stoned to death uh, for uh, I can't remember for being a Christian, and uh, when they were persecuting the Christians, and and uh, he had a, a near death experience where he was actually he said he said he says I was dead. He said, I died. And, uh, and he went up into heaven. He said, I saw things. He said, I saw things that human words cannot describe. Okay. Or he went to, I almost won't say heaven. He went to the other side. He said, I saw things that human words just won't describe. And then he came back and then he was put back in his body and he got up and walked away, you know, from, and, and so I'm sure, you know, of course, everybody can argue lots of different, uh, Possibilities that may have happened there, and, and but the thing about and, and so and there out, I, I don't know if there are any witnesses out of it. But once we get, but we go back again to talking about the most documented person that did that was, was Christ, 
And, uh, and you know, when you look at the way he could move, I've already covered this, but I say we're just going to go back and look at, okay, when he could, when he was free of the physical body, I mean, he could do all these amazing things and just, uh, and, and, which is amazing to us because we can't do those. And, uh, but so, you know, so, you know, if I, I talked about, you know, uh, modern technology and, uh, and how now we're able to capture things that we never were able to see or do in the past. And, and my wife, Paula, and I were on a vacation over to uh, Ireland back in 2013. I think it was in October, if I remember right. And we stayed at a really cool place called Copper Castle that was built back in either the 1600s or 1700s. But anyway, of course, there's lots of ghost stories all over Ireland. And, uh, but, uh, but, you know, I, there was a person who fell on the stairs. Okay. A, a man fell on the stairs there back a hundred something years ago. And, uh, and he, um, died, broke his neck and died, and I was, you know, I would go around the hotel at night and I'd take pictures, and I actually got a picture of what they call, what they call a ghost orb, and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll put this on the website, I'll send this to you, Dave, you put this on the website so you can see them, and it's one of the best ghost orb pictures I've ever seen, shot with a digital camera, a Canon digital camera, uh, looks like a 35 millimeter camera, and, uh, and then later on, okay, and I've said this to Cobble Castle and people look at it, it's still on their website. And, uh, and then, you know, fast forward, uh, several years later, my grandson and I were staying at the, uh, Minger Hotel. And, uh, oh, yeah. and we we're doing the same thing. Yeah, we we're, we're doing the same thing. You're running around with, uh, with, with cameras and taking lots of pictures. Well, lo and behold, it, there's two shots back to back, and I shot them with the same camera that I shot the uh, picture of the, uh, of the, of the ghost orb. And, uh, of course, one guy with the ghost orb just decided, he says, he goes, he goes, maybe next time, mate, you should, uh, clean your lens before you start taking a picture. He thinks it was dust. <laughs> so, anyway, and it may be right, you know. But, uh, but anyway, so we got a picture there in the Minger, and it's a, uh, it's a figure. Okay. The first picture was taken, was taken with a flash, and the second picture was not. And so the picture without the flash, okay, there's a silhouette of a man. I mean, it's a man. It's a it's a it's a dark shape out there in the hallway, and, and uh, we never have been able to figure out if that's a person we got inadvertently. I don't remember anyone being there. We, we were out. Uh, we were running around probably ten, eleven o'clock at night. Most people were already in, in bed, and so uh, we got the shot of this picture, uh, this of this figure walking away from us. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll see that to you as well, Dave, so you can post it. But yeah, this is interesting, I think, because, you know, there's no real explanation as to, uh, how I got either one of those. I, I'm not even a ghost hunter. I, I was, yeah. I would like to, and I, I don't, and it was just a common, and I don't know if you capture the same thing on 35 millimeter film that you would on digital. I don't know. And, uh, so anyway. So I think, okay, I so think you Teddy got... Roosevelt is supposed to, is supposed to haunt the Menger. Um, Maybe if somebody, if somebody, yeah, I can't remember. It's, it's a shame because I live here in San Antonio. You'd think I'd know, but um, it seems to me it's Teddy Roosevelt that that uh, haunts the Menger. Really, really. Okay, yeah. so so we got you. You know, you realize what we got coming up in uh, a week or so is the uh, the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, which hadn't happened uh, in eight hundred years. Really? And oh, wow. it's, it's supposed to well, be. You know, they, it's supposed to be the brightest. It, it'll look like a single star, but the brightest star in the 
in the universe that night. Or it'll be for about and, a week, I think. Suppo- yeah, supposedly that's what showed up when Jesus was born. That's the star that the wise men followed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, I've, I've always wondered about that. And uh, how come we don't see that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, so all those, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And, like, in our, in uh, our, uh, uh, Email address is, is on the website as well, and, and so we'd love to have, hear from people listening and, and let us know, you know, what you've seen, and, and if you know, we, we might even get you on the show if you got something pretty interesting. But yeah. so, but yeah, so just you know, just uh, the whole thing. I mean, science, I say, scientists. I've always said science is religion unto itself as well, and it's the science of just proving the spiritual world. And uh, but like I say, the more that they uh, they look into interdimensional existence of the universe the more they prove what those people who are spiritual have been saying for years yeah it's interesting I mean just here like in in Texas um, there's like 248 different groups that uh, that investigate paranormal activities I mean it's crazy it's all over the state it's I mean, even little bitty towns have, you know, have uh, uh, a group, you know, Quitman, for Pete's sake, who lives in Quitman, you know. Uh. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's extremely popular. So, yeah, of course, the thing is, too, I mean, with, with TV is uh, TV and, and, and Internet, I mean, they're, they're, everybody's trying to, you know, uh, be believable, and so a lot of the time, I, mean, I, I, I you're not both now. We got to have real evidence where we believe anything, right? That's right. <laughs> I got to have. That's, that's, that's just the way I gotta you and have, I have lived for years. I have to have two confirming or two disagreeing sources before I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had one more so, uh, that uh, happened uh, at my farm. In fact, that uh, J. Roy lived at the uh, farm with me for a while. But uh, this was in well, Lubbock, Lubbock, Texas, right? Yep. Well, outside of Lubbock, uh, yeah. near Wolfeth, okay. as a matter of fact. But okay. uh, this was after my uncle, my dad's uh, brother, had died. And it, it wasn't right after. It was, um, I don't know, several months after. And uh, because of where my the farmhouse was and stuff, I always had a pistol with me, as, as always. But I woke up in the middle of the night and looked down at the end of my bed and there was just this figure in a white robe with a hood no facial you couldn't it was just a black you know the hood was held up by a black whatever i don't know it was just black you couldn't tell anything and uh i you know and the doors had been locked and all that kind of stuff and uh i just figured well if it's going to do anything to me, it's going to do it, or could have already done it. And uh, I just I laid there and looked at it for a minute, and then said, "Well, I'm here. If this is it, then this is it." And sort of rolled over and said, "You know, I'm not going to try to talk. I'm not going to try to do anything." And I went to sleep. So that that was a portion of it, but probably so you, you saw the Grim Reaper. <laughs> but, uh, you know, three, maybe four or five months later, I can't remember when, but I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, i I, I got to tell you something. And I, I related the story to him, and he said, you know, I've heard the story before. 
And I said, what are you talking about? Well, between his younger brother that had died and my dad, they had a middle brother named Jack. And uh, Jack had related exactly the same story to my dad before he died. And uh, the the other funny thing was that uh, there this goes back a number of years ago, but his graduation picture from high school and mine, you'd think we were twins. And uh, Really? Yeah, so, you know, I, they're just, I, I, you know, I have my beliefs, and, and you know where I stand, Sandy, you know that I'm a Christian, and uh, don't make, you know, I am, and I've been for years, but uh, I just leave it that... It's God's will being done some way or the other that uh, we don't have the answers and maybe we're not supposed to have the answers, but maybe there's a message there right. or maybe there's not. I don't know. And I'll never know, I guess. Right. And, you know, and, and, and obviously the universe is, is far more complex than nobody can figure out what the common layers and, and, uh, and what the origin of the universe is. It's all speculation. And, uh, but I say the... And I, I've, I, I'm a non-denominational, I'm a non-denominational Christian as well, and and, uh, and I, you know, have have lived all over the world and seen different religions, and and uh, you know, and I don't disagree with a bunch of them, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's what you've experienced and what you were brought up to believe, and and uh, but the thing is that the at the, at the basis of, of most of these religions is a a, a deity, a god, and uh, because. And, and it, Right, and, you, and you, that's what I'm saying. And, and until you can show me, okay, uh, that there is, I mean, how could we possibly exist if we weren't created, okay? And and on top of that, I mean, it's just you know, even physics says that 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 you know, everything, energy and matter are eternal. You can't destroy them. And uh, so, and then uh, you, when you put on top of that, that you have. Uh, Rules you have laws of physics. In other words, when you know you can't run through a solid wall, you know unless you're unless you're a big strong enough guy, it's still going to hurt you. But uh, <laughs> but but the the bottom line is, you know, if you, everything is mathematical. You throw a pebble into a pool, and and the waves go out perfect symmetrical symmetrically, and and in a circle, and and there and you know there there's rules to everything. There's there's physical rules, and if there wasn't something that was programming all that, making that happen. There would be no reason for rules to be here. I mean, so do you? Do you? What do you guys think about that? Well, speaking of well, rules, we've, I mean, we've look- got a rule here at the radio station called "It's Only an Hour Show," and we, <laughs> and we've blown I through think that you hour. Want us to shut up now. I, I would never say something like that to a lady. I would say it to Sandy, but not to a lady. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, yeah, you but we'll see how people like the show, and we should uh, continue it. Um, yeah. I think so, because there's, there's lots of fun stuff. If the if the ghosts will let us. Okay. All right. You all have a, have a good weekend, and uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, Sandy, we'll be in touch uh, soon. You bet. Have a good day. Take care. Bye, Dave. Bye. Bye, Sandy. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.